Talk to us now and go to the TNT Radio interactive live chat room at tntradio.live. Lighting the fuse for freedom. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. The voice of a changing world. Chris Smith on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Now, don't forget, I wanted to tell you about this. Uh, Last December, Julian Assange's two-day public hearing was announced for February 20 and 21 at the UK High Court to determine whether Julian will have permission to appeal or whether he'll be extradited to the United States. It's a major event, and of course, TNT won't be ignoring it. Uh, anything but will be at the Royal Courts of Justice, broadcasting and covering the entire two days, if required, if the two days is required legally. And then we'll be having programs hosted from various locations across London, which will be a great deal of fun. I did a series of broadcasts only five years ago for another network uh, in London and around the UK, had a ball of a time. Um, It's always good to remind everyone on what's available in places like the most obvious cities in the world because you know there are still hidden gems behind all the facades and they're worth telling you about so we're lighting the fuse for freedom on uh, today's news talk tnt so get used to that i want to go straight to the talkback lines if i can before i go to prue let's get glenn the truckie on the line right now glenn welcome back yeah you go on cover excellent mate Uh, fabulous I just want to say a big thank you to TNT Radio uh, for alerting me to the Tucker Carlson uh, interview with Vladimir Putin. Yep. Uh, I've been I've been aware right from the get-go of this war that uh, this has all been initiated by the United Nations. One of the agreements when uh, Ukraine and Russia separated was the United Nations wouldn't encroach anymore. Correct. And Putin. Putin had been warning for over 15 years he wouldn't put up with it. When I raised that on commercial talk back in Australia, I was held down as a Putin's sympathiser and a conspiracy theorist. Oh, it's a conspiracy. Did they tell you it's a conspiracy? They obviously didn't do their homework, eh? Oh, mate, I've been labelled a traitor and everything by the so-called king of radio that's been around for 70 years. Today he told me, because I brought up the lying of Albanese, and uh, his statement was, well, they all lie. And I said, so what are we to do? Just basically forget it and never expect or hope that our country gets any better and just accept that they're going to lie to us. But yesterday, Dean Mackin had on Robert Barwick. I don't know if you heard that interview. No, I didn't pick it up. Okay, well, Robert Barwick brought out the fact that 51 years ago, when Australia and America wanted to do trade deals with China... They agreed to China's terms, and 51 years ago, China said, we will trade with you no problem, but you must respect the one China policy and the fact that Taiwan is part of China. And the Australian government, the American government, agreed to it. So, in light of that, our governments are going to take us into war with China if they take Taiwan, when Taiwan hasn't changed or broken their agreement, it is actually our governments that are breaking the agreement. Mm. It's a fair argument. It's a fair argument. Look, can I just say, I have never seen in my lifetime, and probably yours as well, since probably 1977, the world in such a conflicted state 
of chaos. That is, we've got a war in Middle East, which we've seen uh, nothing like it uh, in our lifetimes, certainly in history, but nothing like it in our lifetimes. Uh, you've got Eastern Europe as well. You've got the potential, as you point out, for what may happen in uh, the Straits. I just fear that unless someone of substance gets into the White House in the near future, and I'm not saying it's Trump, I'm just saying someone with substance, I just fear more of this is going to uh, break out. Well, I made a statement the other day and I stand by it. The greatest threat to the security and safety of my family is now the Australian government. And every problem that we have around the world has been created by corrupt, lying politicians hell-bent on, on retaining power and money. And that's what it's all about. And as Tucker Carlson said, all of our Western journal, journalism has been bought out. Just have a look at what happened here in Australia during COVID. Yeah. They lied to us. They continue to lie to us right up to this very day. And according to the, the bigwigs of the commercial radio here in Australia... Suck it up, Princess, because they're always going to lie to you, and you can't expect anything better. And you yeah, well, sorry, they've just forgotten what their job is. They've forgotten not to accept it. They've got to stand up against it. That is their job, not yours. Good on you, Glenn. Thank you very much for your comments. I appreciate that. I've got to get to Prue, who's waiting on the other line. But just before I do, as many as 50 hostages taken from Israel by Hamas could be dead. That is the latest figure being bandied around by uh, the Israelis today, you've probably been across the news. We've been covering it on our news bulletins, but the estimate was presented by Israel during negotiations in Cairo in recent weeks. So it could be more. Um, if the latest Israel estimate is correct, it would mean that around 80 of the 132 hostages believed to be held by Hamas are still alive and that militants are holding on to dozens of bodies of people that were kidnapped. Not enough is being said about the plight of the hostages. Not enough. This is Chris Smith on TNT. Clashing on the controversies. It's a woke society and I am fed up with it. Today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Well, I've got a commentator with views on just about everything that exists in the world. That's why we love her. She's not short of an opinion. She is the founder and director of Verve Communications and one of the most sought-after news commentators in Australasia. Prue McSween, welcome to TNT. Hi, Smith. Ian, you're looking great. Whatever you're doing, keep doing it. Well, I've taken the goatee off, as you suggested. I took Good. your advice and Gwen's advice and Beryl's advice <laughs> uh, and one of my son's advice. So, yeah, off. Um, I'm feeling fit and healthy. I'm back into the gym. I'm reinvigorated for the year ahead, and hopefully the year ahead will be kind to us. Well, you're looking fantastic and sounding fantastic, mate. All right. Donald Trump has lost a federal court appeal. I haven't spoken about this. I've spoken about Donald Trump had nauseam in this program, but this has been an, anonym, an anonym, anonymous uh, verdict, which has stated that he can be tried for trying to stay in power after the 2020 election. So not immune from prosecution. But I see time running out for the completion of this, you know, important trial. It's important to a lot of Americans. Because we're getting awfully close to November. What is it, nine months to go? That's the thing. You know, it's it's audacious. Uh, you know, they're proving a point. The witch hunt continues. But 
you know, time has run out for all of these people. And I think also patience. The American people are sick of this carry on about Trump. Look, the guy is unlikable. He may have stretched the law. I don't know. But the point is, I'm looking at the man and his potential as a president. And I really believe that we need a warrior like Trump at this time. He's pugnacious, he's revolting, he's vulgar, all those things. I don't care. That's personality crap. In the end, we need somebody who can lead and he's not afraid to take on not just the swamp but the world. And when we look at this weak, pathetic, sick old man, who Biden, who is, is uh, really empowering the rest of the world, all the, the aggressors in the world yes. are sticking their heads up and saying, look, America ain't the, the, the global cop anymore. It's weak. Uh, the defence is weak, the spend is weak, as it is here. Let's not forget that. But, you know, every way, thing that Biden has done, whether it's being opening the poorest borders, uh, you know, again, putting an incredible drain on the economy, inflation is getting a little better, but it's still crook. Uh, you know, we just know. Look at what he did with Iran, where he's given billions to Iran to fund Hamas. Everything he has done is a misstep. And, you know, whether it's Obama who's actually teaching him, I don't know, or, you know, who's running the shots, because I can't imagine Biden could make up a decision on his own anyway. But whoever the faceless people behind him are, they're doing no good for the Americans. And I think that the mob is sick of the establishment. Yeah. You know, they're sick of whether it's the Republicans or the Democrats who are going after Trump. They're sick of the wokeness. They're sick of the ineptitude of these politicians and the greed and the fact that, you know, even the Biden son can get away with it, that the law, the justice bonds are actually shielding and uh, this, this corrupt administration. So, look, I think we need, the world needs Trump. And I just think that, okay, they're going to run out of time with him. He's going to get elected. I think it's going to be a landslide and thank God for him. Yeah, Mike Netta said to me earlier in the program from LA, he said uh, it's a trillion to one that he won't get there. So in other words, Donald Trump will be the next uh, president. Now, Prince Harry, do we call him Prince? I've lost track of all of this. Yeah, he uh, still is. Oh, is know? he? But I think he's more a princess, isn't he? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> you know, look, you can understand how look, he must love his father still and clearly there's a great relationship there and it's interesting. It's The cynical part of me says, well, you know, the the king could be dying. His father is now facing cancer. We don't know what it is. Let's hope it's not a death sentence. But he's but got to London pretty quick smart, yeah, didn't he? Did. All credit you know, to him. Exactly. And thank God he didn't bring the elephant, the gorilla in the room, because, you know, would have made Charles even more sick, I reckon. And this is going to be the problem that, you know, if there's some kind of rapprochement, I can't really see Will and his wife actually accepting Harry and certainly not Meghan. Uh, but it will be interesting to see. But you know, I can understand why he's gone. I don't think that the uh, British public are going to still warm to him. I think it'll be a long time before they forgive him. And, well, he's got the burden of Meghan, let's face it. God, will he ever be able to come back? I doubt it. And, you know, frankly, you just want to wash your hands when you even look at her on the telly or on your mobile, don't you? You just—it's She's just a conniving little skank.
Uh, it's interesting. A lot of the UK papers this week are talking about the configuration of the monarchy. That is, who'd have thought that Queen Camilla could be running the monarchy today, which she's doing? Uh, if Charles ends up getting sick again, now, as you know, cancer tends to hound its victims. So if he gets sick again, and let's hope that that doesn't happen, I think Will has to be ready and raring to go to step in at a moment's notice. And now I get buoyed by the fact that we'd have someone like Will, despite his uh, rather woke attitude to the world and his climate change uh, addiction. Uh, Kate as well, who I think is a really smart, steady hand. I think that's a good thing. But then you've got to talk about whether you bring Harry back and does Harry want to come back? Uh, that will be interesting. So the whole configuration of the royal family is up for reconfiguring so soon after the death of Elizabeth. Yeah, I agree with you. I think it's it's really very sad for them in a lot of ways. It must be really shaking them to their boots. And when you think Kate's vulnerable at the moment, she's obviously been very sick. So, you know, let's hope she recovers 100% and she's a great asset for William and for that country and a great ambassador. But you know, you really have to worry about, you know, the lack of trust that there must be amongst the ranks of the royals for Harry and his wife now. I don't know how they regain that trust and also the trust of the UK people. Uh, one would hope that they can or he can. Uh, ideally, I think he should just boot her, you know, get rid of her, pay her <laughs> off, let her go back to, you know, whatever she did on that stupid suits or whatever it was called. And, I love it. You know, bring the kids over and they nannies raise, raise their kids anyway and they'd be a lot better without her she's a bit of trash isn't she i love you i love you so much now we've dabbled in the u.s and we've dabbled also with issues in the uk and i gotta say if you go to any of the uk websites at the moment it's all about uh charles and cancer and will and harry it's wall-to-wall -wall sort of stuff but we'll go to australian matters and issues right after a quick break I'll come back with Prue McSween on TNT shortly. TNT's Pella Neuroth-Taylor. We, we need to look, do a lot of deconstruction of these phrases and, and really think about what it means, because what does far-right mean? I, I'd say that far-right means anything that you don't like, and um, it's just a label, a bit like the, the Chinese under Mao, their state press used to call uh, anyone who was an ideological opponent capitalist pig dogs, whatever. And it was just meant to evoke a response, and it was a signal from the rulers to the rule that this is what you should think, without actually having to think. It's 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 a, meant to evoke a sort of Pavlovian reaction that you're a, these are bad guys, and uh, a moderate in in, in our l lingo. I mean, let's see, it's foreign coverage. The BBC will say the moderate blah 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 party in the third world, meaning well, they're the guys we approve of, and then the extremist is someone we don't approve of. Helen Neuroth Taylor on today's News Talk TNT. The Lights is Britain's far-right conspiracy theory paper spreading hate and vicious lies. No, that's what the BBC say. The Light is the only national newspaper bringing you the real news and informed opinion on what's really going on today. You can subscribe, order copies, submit articles, and read back issues on our website, thelightpaper.co.uk, and see for yourself why the establishment are so worried about the uncensored truth getting out to people every month. The Light Paper. Not for right, just right so far. Thelightpaper.co.uk. Without CO2, the world stops breathing. 
CO2 sustains all life on Earth. Government, the WEF, and the elite believe humans are the carbon they really want to be rid of. Today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Now, just a reminder, we don't go home here to to TNT. We just don't, all right? So we're on 24-7. A lot of people may not realize this. It's not just about when you might be awake. So when you are asleep and if you happen to wake up in the middle of the night, you can get straight to TNT on the website, on the app, on any of the streaming services and either listen or watch at your leisure because we do it 24-7 from various points right around the globe. We never stop here, and it's all for you on today's Talkback TNT. I've got Prue McSween with me right now. Um, I'm quite concerned by the newly constructed or configured Productivity Commission in Australia, Prue, because I always had a great deal of respect for the kind of economic rationality and uh, economic, um, what do I call it, the due diligence that the Productivity Commission gives things that operate within our economy, and they give governments really valuable advice. But I get the feeling that the Productivity Commission, under this new former Grattan Institute head, Danielle Wood, has become a self-appointed cultural change agency. She's pushing for governments to relinquish power to Indigenous bodies. Now, I've got a sense of deja vu. Didn't we do that in the 70s and it turned to mud? Yeah, we did. I mean, this Sheila is so woke, you know. she's She was put in there by Labor because they knew she'd do their bidding and, you know, be, continue their narrative and their agenda to change this country. I mean, the, she should be focusing on, focusing on the fact that our productivity productivity levels are so bad in this country and with the unions now you know running this country you know really not labor um that you know all these enterprise bargaining for agreements etc and never ever attached to productivity gains we'd never have that so instead all we're getting is you know more money coming out of corporations. Uh, people, of course, allowed to work from home where, you know, productivity is not always as good as it should be when they're in, in the office. And we have this Sheila who wants to go to voice mark too. We just had a referendum that resoundingly said, bugger off, get out of our lives, and whatever you're doing is wrong. And a lot of that was government. And, you know, I was involved with the Aboriginal Reconciliation Council during the ATSIC days. I saw where the money was wasted. I saw how the industry of, of it, the Indigenous industry just feathered its own nest, and it was not helping the people in the no. communities. And that's the point. And Nothing that we're doing now, and, you know, let's face it, Albanese and Bernie didn't have a plan B. They're, you know, he's been hit for a six by the resounding no to his no, to his yes, I mean, and you sort of think, well, you know, these people haven't got a bloody clue. And because they tiptoe around the issues, unlike Jacinda Price, who's on the ground and does know what's going on, yep. you know, all this, the um, the domestic violence, the sexual attacks on children, the fact that, you know, people are too scared to say, you kids should not be in these homes anymore. They won't take them away from those homes because they don't want to be accused of doing something wrong. What they're doing is actually hurting those kids and hurting their communities. Yeah. Women who are being bashed every night, 
and kids who are too scared to go into their homes who roam the streets. And until we have someone gutsy enough to say, bugger off all you woke people, we need to have some sort of a change where we could, it's what Abbott tried to do. Yeah. And, you know, he was working towards it. But sadly, you have all these forces who say, shame on you, you're racist, they pull that card. But certainly nothing that the Productivity Commission is no. recommending is going to close the gap. They should be looking at whether it's productive to work from home or not. That's more relevant to them exactly. at the moment. Now, Anthony Albanese looked very empowered on the ABC 730 report last night. I put myself through the 18 minutes that he appeared on a replay this morning. Um, he has created a little bit of class warfare here by um, the big fat tax lie. Um, and some people are calling it a political masterstroke. I get the feeling that he's pretty proud of himself. He thinks he's been very clever. But it's um, it's potentially dangerous to start breaking key promises. And we've seen uh, several promises that he's broken already. Just before I get you to talk about that, let's go to the talkback lines, because I know Richard has phoned through wanting to talk about Anthony Albanese, the Prime Minister. Richard, welcome to TNT. Uh, well, hello, Chris. And I, I didn't hear your guest's name. Prue McSween. Oh, love her. Uh, keep going, <laughs> Prue. Thank you. <laughs> he um, loves you, Prue. Oh, Richard, well, I love you. Are you a good sort, love? <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I'm just 40-year uh, anniversary in November last year, so I'm, I'm well, very Well, the good married, ones are always we, taken. <laughs> well, we, we, yeah, but we all... My wife, Carla, she loves you as well. She, she, she thinks that's what we need, more more people in uh, Parliament. Look, two, two things, and follow on around what you've said. I think yesterday... Following on this backflip, the lie, and I call it a lie. He's he's told a lie on this, on the taxes. He's told a lie on uh, on New Zealand criminals being sent back to New Zealand because he, he said, "Oh, we're going to keep our borders strong yep. and ISIS brides and everything else." So there's the multiple lies, and this business about energy and and renewables and everything else. So they're piling up, and I'm hoping that the demonstration outside Parliament yesterday will be a prelude to more of them, which happened with there'll be no carbon tax under a government I lead, mm. um, to coin a phrase. I think now is, what are we, 18 months out from an election? Um, or 12 months out from an election? 12, I now's think. The time, now's the time where I think the tactics of, of the opposition now have to continue to harden and target um, the Prime Minister for his yep. lies. Well, I, I can tell you that in question time this afternoon, it got really rowdy. Dutton and Albanese were going at each other, hammer and tong, so much so that at least three MPs were were taken out of the, uh, the, the chamber. So that's how out of control it got. I think it's game on, Richard. Well, I do too, but I, I want to say to Dutton and to his team, Dutton has to be still be the hard leader, but he also has to be the soft leader to, to convince Australians that he is the better alternative Prime Minister, and I think he is. However, he needs to have the other members along, not, I'm not talking about Jacinta Price, because she's just a star, a star all by herself in that sense. They need the other parts of the opposition to hone their briefs and turn the attack on their, their counterparts, and they need yeah. to start attacking now and now. run that attack all the way through. And can I say, here's three things they need to start to open the debate about. 
nuclear power yes. so we can disengage from communist China. Yeah. And on that very issue about foreign relationships. Now, I don't want any t uh, PNG team. You want to sign up with the other side? Go. But guess mm. what? You don't come on our team. That's the real world. Now, that'll upset a lot of sports people, the vested interests, uh, or everybody else. It might upset a few PNGs. Well, guess what? You can't ride both sides of the fence in yep. such yep. geostrategic and the second but last thing that needs to be done, we need to have an open debate on a national service, a hybrid system. Two years military, three years civilian. You get a credit for both of them. You get a use as a credit against your hex debt. It will need to mobilise and have enough resources to back up our, our permanent military forces I understand the positive advantages of all of that. I'm right with you, but you would have to have someone in power in Australia of the ilk of Donald Trump to make that happen. Well, I, I, I'm not so convinced of... of yes, I, I, I see where you're coming from, but I think we're now at a point in our history we can't import our way out of our problems, whether it's trades whether it's all sorts of stuff which are causing major problems in our cities. We have to cut our immigration back to some level where we can control yeah. it for the infrastructure. We have of to have course. a public debate about, like, for example, banning non-citizens from owning residential property. How the hell can you keep on importing people and saying yeah. to young Australians, whatever age group they are, we'll, yes, you can get a house, we'll, we'll give you a first-home subsidy, but the next person comes in from overseas, buys up the house and shoots out of the place. Yeah, now, yeah. it's not. It's simply not fair. You make a very good point. Richard, I've run out of time. I must get to the news break. It's fabulous to have you on the talkback lines, by the way. Good to have you back. I'll be back again. Good on you, Richard. Thank you. Prue, stay right there. I want to get back to you as well to talk about Albanese's big fat lie. But we've got to get to the newsroom on TNT. Okay, everybody, listen up. Big news. Big news. Now, TNT Radio News. Matt Boyland here with a quick look at your TNT headlines. As tensions rise over border security in America, President Joe Biden's tried convincing Americans Donald Trump is the reason the country is being invaded. Britain has announced it's withdrawing one of its warships from the Red Sea following repeated missile and drone attacks by Houthi forces. And Saudi Arabia has announced it will not establish diplomatic relations with Israel unless a Palestinian state is established on the basis of 1967's borders. The common housefly, caught in the clutches of the spider's web. Every move it makes just makes matters worse. Then dinner time. Feast on the captivating stories, videos, and helpful information on our website. Whoa. Dinner's ready. Oh, man. Escape is futile. Just one more video. Get stuck in our web. TNTradio.live. I want to get back to you, Prue. He's taken a really big gamble to, you know, um, deliver a big fat lie over these stage three tax cuts, but it hasn't hurt him in the latest news poll and they're also taking a huge risk with tony burke's you know back to the future ir uh bible it is like something out of the 70s and you know there are so many aspects of this that are so unproductive it's not funny 
Are they on the brink of losing um, control of the economy, control of where the country's going, do you think? Oh, I think they're close and they're certainly on a, a direction towards it, uh, Smithy. You know, everything that drives this toxic government is either paying back their union masters or trying to make sure that they can shore up some votes. And that's exactly what um, Albanese's done with this latest, you know, shenanigans. I mean, it's a stunt because... He's, he's read the room, he's seen the polls, he knows that his backside was on the line in uh, the by-election at Dunkley. And so he decided it wasn't a masterstroke or anything that everybody's claiming he's done. He just wanted to feed the masses, fish the feed the fish something. The masses aren't terribly literate when it comes to economics and they bought it. You know, it's a little Band-Aid sweetener. It's not even going to be there till July mm. and it's going to be a piddling amount. And at the same time, he's putting up their beer, their spirits and their petrol. So they that won't even cover. No, it'll be absorbed by for. those price rises, so, won't you know, it? It's a, just a cynical act that people have fallen for, and he may feel it reinvigorated, but he's looking like a liar, and he continues to be, and you couldn't trust anything that came out of their mouths. And, you know, he's doing it also because he knew that Chalmers was looking, eyeing off his position and was really has, you know, a, a desires to become PM. And, of course, all the backbenchers are really getting very unsettled about Albanese's performance. So that's why he's empowered. But, you know, playing this class warfare game and again with Burke and his whole IR thing where he's hitting the little people, the small businesses, you know, he's imposing all these ridiculous rules on them where they're going to have to be paying what the bigger businesses are doing in these enterprise bargaining uh, laws, etc. And you just think that why would anybody want to start a business in this country? Why would you want to be aspiring to improve yourself? Yeah. Because you're going to be text taxed out of your, you know, out of yep. your behind. So, you know, this country is heading for a really, I believe, bad period. And, you know, it's a very dire time. So let's hope that Dutton can, you know, the people forget about personalities and the looks of people. You know, it worked for Albanese. He got new teeth, new eyes, you know, new suits. But by God, what a hollow man he is. And I don't give a rat's ass if Dutton isn't appealing and doesn't smell much. I want a leader who's got the guts and the empathy to understand what needs to be done. We can't ever trust Labor. We're seeing that again. And it's just, you know, a fool's paradise we're living in. And it's going to turn into hell. So to the point. So nailed it once again today. Thank you so much for your time. Very, very generous. Good, thank you, Smithy. Appreciate it. No problem. Prue McSween from Verve Communications. Fantastic to have her on. Just whittling down the essence of some of the things that you hear, see, and follow into what makes sense. And it is. Get the BS out of the way. Get the press releases out of the way and the pretty interviews like he did last night. He got such a rails run on the ABC. It wasn't funny. And he's glowing in his new sense of entitlement. But you can't tell porkies because the next time that you use the word promise, people laugh at you. That is a danger. Now, getting back to the United States, um, I've got a comment here on the chat box, and you can be part of the chat box, by the way, if you go to tntradio.live. And Hanamar said, in an ordinary world, someone with the personality of Donald Trump 
probably wouldn't get much of a look in as a presidential candidate with possibly good reason, as he is hardly a wordsmith and not presidential in most respects. Hmm, I disagree with that. But in the world we face today, the masses will vote for anyone that they believe will honestly represent them something they have been promised every election cycle only to be forgotten after the champagne corks have been popped. Isn't that true? Not just for the United States. Have a listen to what we have just spoken in terms of the context of Australian politics with Prue McSween. Same thing. You get fed this garbage, you're treated like mushrooms, and what happens? You're told lies, and we're supposed to cop it. Just extraordinary. Okay. It is that time of the week. It is a Wednesday. It is Cyber Wednesday on this program, and we're very, very lucky to have the man from techadvice.life to run us through the latest and greatest international tech and cyber news. Alex Zaharoff-Royt, welcome back to TNT. It's really great to be here and with the audience. How's your Saturday night program going? Wonderful. Uh, I had uh, really good conversations with both a gentleman from a company called Project Manda using AI to alleviate the boredom and drudgery of meetings, and another fellow called uh, Elliot Dellis, who's from a world-class but Australian cybersecurity company called Phrenesis Security. So you can see both of those interviews online and some other tech news. Please check it out and please join me this Saturday. Fantastic. All right. As cybersecurity teams are being hit with burnout due to escalating cyber attacks, with nearly 20% stating burnout and fatigue was a contributing factor, how does a contributing factor to the breach, by the way, how does a business ensure its staff are up to the challenge? Because these attacks are just out of control right across the world. Well, look, the the problem is that there is no work being done in making sure that people's mental wellness is being looked after. Uh, you know, people are under attack all the time. You know, for 20 years or 10 years or a number of years, they can do their job protecting a company, protecting the accounts, protecting the IP, protecting the assets. But the moment there's some sort of big attack, like we saw with Optus and Medibank and a stack of different companies, those uh, cyber security people are in the front line. And, you know, they can they can be attacked in the media by government ministers, oh, yeah. by irate customers. I mean, and some of them get become suicidal and, you know, they suffer from burnout. So this particular report, this was from a company called Sophos, and their report uh, is uh, the future of cybersecurity in the Asia-Pacific Japan region. The fourth edition, this is the one for 2024, but this is all over the world. I mean, there was a, a study that showed that in the UK, pre-pandemic, people uh, in you know the CISO, the um, Chief Information Security Officer role, they were lasting in the job less than 24 months, and then they were burning out and they were leaving. Wow. And when they leave, they become accountants or dog walkers or something completely unrelated to cybersecurity because the stress is so much. And look, one of my first guest after you on my very first show on Saturday was a gentleman by the name of Peter Coronius from a company called CyberMinds with a Z or a Z dot org, launched in Australia in 2022, launched in the US and UK in 23. And the short version is that they are offering companies the ability to understand how to do burnout prevention and recovery. And they've got some new programs that actually help companies to retain their staff, to look after them, to nurture them. Because if they leave, all that corporate knowledge has gone out the door. Mm-hmm. And if they're not uh, helping younger staff to be be resilient and also teaching this in university, you're just setting up these young people for failure. Yeah, very, very true. Yesterday was Safer Internet Day in Australia, and for Californian listeners, it still is. Uh, we spoke about this briefly last week, Alex, where I noted that every day should be safer internet day. Um, And 
there are mistakes that we make that can be fixed up pretty quickly and easily, right? Yeah, look, I saw an article that listed the top 10 mistakes that you and I and we are all probably making. And just in quick succession, if you use public Wi-Fi, you should use a VPN. I mean, be careful about that. Not changing the privacy settings of your social media apps to higher levels than what they are. Often they're set as the default and you can be sharing things with people that you didn't want to have shared. Uh, using the same passwords for different accounts, very yeah, dangerous. That's a killer. A we, we do this too often, don't we? Absolutely. You use the same password for your Disney that you do for your email, and then somebody breaks in and bang, they've got access to all your accounts. It's uh, People have called me in a panic. I'm locked out of my email. They got this password. They changed my that other password. And it's like all they can do is ring, you know, the phone company, the internet company, uh, at the bank, you know, if they've had money taken out. It's a real, it's a nightmare. And if you use a password manager and use a different password for every account, if there's one breach, it doesn't, all the other dominoes don't fall. So no. definitely using different passwords for different accounts. Uh, if you've got unused accounts, old email accounts or old accounts you're not using, shut them down, close them, close them down. Uh, carelessly clicking any links in emails, SMS messages, social media. Often you can hover the mouse and see what the link is. On some computers, you have to turn that on in the browser. You've got to click on view and show the status bar so that you can actually see at the bottom of the screen what the link is. If the link looks weird, if it's got weird, if it doesn't say Disney.com, if it says something else that's weird, don't click it. Take mm. a picture of it. You can use that free Norton Genie app. It'll tell you whether it thinks the link is bad or not. Uh, uh, so not using multi-factor authentication. Now, some people uh, get an SMS message, but that's unsafe because your SIM card can be hacked and, and transferred to somebody else. Hard to do, but does happen. I use the Google Authenticator app. It sends it's got a code that changes every 30 seconds. Uh, so, and Microsoft has one of those apps too. Uh, oversharing online. The old story was you told everybody you went on holidays uh, on Facebook and you came back and your house was burgled. Yes. So be careful what you overshare. And, <laughs> you know, some people on their LinkedIn profile that put their birthday or they'll have contact details, phone numbers. I mean, just don't be very careful don't. what you share. Yeah. Uh, not keeping everything up to date. You know, we talk about updates, the computer, the TV, the phone, the router, your programs. There are ways on a Mac and a PC that you can have not just your operating system up to date, but all the programs as well. Uh, using a firewall. Now, that's normally in your Norton or those sort of programs. But on a Mac, if you don't use one of those Norton type programs, there's a firewall in the system settings. Yep. No one turns it on. It's not on by default. And finally, not being educated about all of these risks. So that's the quick top 10. I'll have all this on my site. I didn't get a chance to put it up, but later today, all this that we're talking about will be there. Okay. Very quickly, um, it's not a, a good look. I, I made mention of this yesterday on the program. It's not a good look for 2024 to find that the estimates, the forecast for the year indicate that there'll be a $10 billion reduction in the number of devices, right across the gamut of devices, the number of devices purchased, it's a tough year ahead. It, look, it is. And when you have a look at the numbers, I've got some notes here I'm going to look at. Now, the numbers of actual sales still is in the hundreds of billions of dollars, but a lot of these Chinese manufacturers operate on razor thin margins. I mean, they're not Apple. Apple can have these big fat margins to help fund the future. But just having a look here, you know, given that revenue in 2020 was 670 billion worldwide. Now, 10 billion losses we spoke about yesterday for, predicted for this year seems like a drop in the bucket. But of course, as I said, those margins are razor, razor thin. Now, 2021 sales jumped to 730 billion globally for everything in, to do with tech. But that's obviously because of the pandemic and everybody rushed to buy things for their home. This yep. dropped in 2022 by 40 billion 
The market rose last year, 2023, to 720 billion, and this is expected to fall to 710 billion, so a $10 billion drop. Inflation is clearly biting hard. I mean, people still need to replace things and buy things, and companies will do things, but some of these figures might be a bit too over optimistic. I think it'll fall further. When people are complaining that a sub $10 McDonald's meal is now sub $20, you know, just imagine when your iPhone, the top of the line one, instead of being 2798 or whatever, goes to well over $3,000, you might hang on to your old technology a bit longer, as we've spoken about in the past, because even Google and, and uh, Samsung are now saying, we'll update your phones for the next seven years. So they, they know, they know people are not going to spend as much as they did before. Yeah, they've woken up to it. They may as well go with the flow. I'll take a quick break and we'll come back and talk about a couple of other issues as well. Some breaking news in terms of tech with Alex Zaha Rothrott right after this on TNT. Deweaponizing weather with reality and perspective. So I'm in Atlanta, Georgia, because I'm doing a climate roundtable tomorrow. I'm assuming that the network that invited me on is probably the only network that's left around this part of the country that actually allows climate skeptics to be on. It'll be interesting because I'm sure there are going to be some people there to challenge me. In any case, when I walked into the hotel, the person at the front desk was from Adelaide, Australia, the city of churches. See, I learned something, right? And I got to thinking that maybe tomorrow I will spring on the people that are there for almost unprecedented climate events that have occurred around Australia that are very, very important around the climate. Now, not directly with Australia, but north of Australia, the typhoon season, despite the fact that we supposedly had an El Nino going, was way, way below normal. Third lowest ever. That's very unusual. And that was the first hint that this El Nino wasn't what it was cracked up to be. As a matter of fact, the Southern Oscillation Index, which is the longest running metric of the El Nino, never got into El Nino category this year until now. But that was unprecedented when you had what we call the Oceanic Nino Index being so strong. That's two unprecedented things. Number three, the crash that is occurring in the Southern Oscillation Index is going to be the greatest on record from January to February. In fact, it may be the greatest on record from one month to another. It is unprecedented to see January with an above SOI and then February crashing the way this is. Now, in 1978, we had a weak El Nino going and then it crashed in February. By the way, they had all those floods in Los Angeles in 78. How about that? The fourth thing, the unprecedented warming of the ocean just to the east of Australia in a month or two. See that? Tonight's climate and weather watchdog was all about Australia. It's because I ran into someone from Adelaide. This is TNT Climate and weather watchdog meteorologist Joe Bastardi asking you to enjoy the weather. It's the only weather you got. My dad was a farmer. The guy was bigger than life. He wasn't someone that liked to show his emotion or liked to show when he was struggling. But we all struggle. I want to show emotion to my kids. It's something that brings me so much joy. And I want them to see me working through things. Allow your kids to know that it's okay to struggle, that even dad doesn't know the answer sometimes, but we're going to figure it out together. You're with Chris Smith on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Okay, Alex Zaharoff wrote, Apple's Vision Pro headsets, uh, they're going wild. How wild have they been going? 
Pretty amazingly wild. I'll have this later on my site, but if you just go to X and type in Apple Vision Pro, you can see people who are sitting inside of the subway advertising the fact they have a you know, three and a half thousand US dollar headset on, and they're just tapping away and swiping things and moving things. There was a guy who had one in London, had the headset on, and he was walking with an invisible leash, his little robotic dog, it was just walking along. There was another guy who <laughs> in his house, yeah, yeah, and it was quite a spectacle. There was another guy who was actually in his Tesla, and he's doing all this stuff and moving things around, and the car's driving autonomously down the road, and people are filming it. There was another one that I saw where cop cars started surrounding him because it's like, you know, he's not paying any attention, although in a Tesla in the States, you've got autonomous driving. Uh, there was another guy who was uh, in the gym, somebody else eating with them on, another guy just walking through a mall and swiping things away. And it, the, the tagline said, we're living in an episode of Black Mirror. And it won't be long before, you know, in the next few years, I mean, the, the cost of the head test will come down, they'll get thinner and smaller. And you, you won't be able to live in the city, a normal life. You know, you'll see directions for public transport, you'll see prices for things, you'll see all sorts of things like we saw in those Minority Report movies and Johnny Mnemonic where, you know, you will need the headset to look around and, and make sense of the modern world. This is the reality that's coming soon. Uh, and, you know, it, it can be good and bad, but I like to look at the positive side of things. I hope it's a golden mirror and not a black mirror. Yeah, I can't see the uh, negativity in that particular device. I think it's amazing. Okay, I want to talk about lithium, lithium batteries, which we know are suspect to catching fire and exploding, etc., which is always a problem. Where is the lithium sector going in terms of making these batteries safer? Well, look, there's a there's a company in the states. I've interviewed this fellow on on my, you know before I was on TNT Radio, and I've got to interview him again. He's a guy called Charlie Welch from a company called Zapbat, Z A P B A T dot com. He's done a deal with Toshiba to commercialize what's known as lithium titanate battery. So still using lithium. Australia is a big miner of lithium and the, the sector is, is predicted to really boost in 2024. But lithium titanate batteries have been used by the military for decades and you can hammer them with a nail, you can destroy them. They were used in, in the military if the bomb hits the battery and it blows up, you're going to have two explosions. So this thing, instead of having 500 to 1500 cycles last a year or two before it starts expanding and going bad, this thing can last for 15, 20 years before it needs to be replaced. And then it, instead of going down to 80% of its power or more, it's 90% plus of its lifespan, even though you know it's been 10 or 15 years. And it can also operate in much uh, colder temperatures, which would solve the problem of those EVs in Chicago not being able to start yeah. and operate in much higher temperatures. So as William Gibson, who wrote the famous uh, novel Neuromancer and also that Amazon show called The Peripheral, said, the future has already been invented. It just hasn't been widely distributed yet. And Zapbat's going to have uh, home appliances, battery powered with this technology this year, we're going to see them. So the beginning of the end of lithium ion is starting and the beginning of lithium batteries that last 10 times as long as current ones cost about the same, uh, are virtually destructible and won't catch fire if a car explodes. That's nearly upon us. And by the end of the, this decade, we won't have problems, hopefully, with batteries anymore. End of the decade. Well, hang on a minute. End of the decade. Isn't that where some politicians think we've got to be because we've all got to be in an EV, despite Toyota saying it won't be more than 30% of the market? I don't understand. I'm very confused by the mixed messages, Alex. Well, the thing is that the politicians don't know what's really going on on the ground. No. They just have these grand ideas yeah. and they, they make pro proclamations. I mean, King Midas 
who commanded the tides to stop coming, quickly discovered that, you know, trying to regulate the free market, it's just nuts. I mean, the communism failure in the in uh, Russia, uh, 70 years of famine and problems and pogroms and killing people, I mean, that centralised economy just doesn't work. And that's why this Labour government in Australia and the Democrat government in the US, I mean, it's destined for one term and that's it. People are sick to death of the crap from these politicians that are trying to give edicts and uh, not, you know, understanding how the world really works. Yeah, exactly. Now, that everything electric for our Sydney listeners or maybe our Australian viewers, um, they can get along this weekend to something that might impress them about EVs, huh? Absolutely. Well, this this was called Fully Charged last year and they had record attendance according to them. And this year it's going to be on at the Sydney Showgrounds at Sydney Olympic Park. They're talking about the hottest uh, brands and products, uh, 50 plus sessions in a live theatre delivered by various presenters. You can uh, test drive, they say here, the largest test drive experience with over 100 models available from uh, Polestar, Audi, BMW, Hyundai, Genesis, Renault, MG, BYD, Kia, Tesla and others. Uh, they're going to have uh, the world's first electric surfboard. I don't know how that's going to work. <laughs> E-motorbikes, e-bikes, e-boats, e-scooters. Uh, they're going to have uh, zero carbon kitchen. I mean, they're the EV and home energy show. And I'm sceptical about some of these things and how quickly they can work. But, you know, despite my scepticism, the manufacturers in China and elsewhere are really working hard to, to bring this to reality. And technology solves our problems. We're just trying to move towards electricity a little bit before its time. But ultimately, it's they're going to be right. And we will have batteries that, you know, last a month. But at the moment, we're still in that transition phase. So I'll be very keen to go to this on Friday, see the EV, see the, uh, the electric uh, tech solutions on offer and tell you about it next week. Yeah, the ideas and the concepts seem to be coming well in advance of the logistics. But anyway, reality, yeah. yes. What's the ACCC done to LG? What did LG get up to? Well, they've been blasting them because they put out a warning. We spoke about it this a few months ago. They were saying that, look, there have been a number of house fires. There were 13 properties, including a fire that destroyed a house in Victoria from these LG batteries, the ones that sit in your home and are charged by solar panels. And if there's an outage, I mean, Tesla has these as well, but if there's an outage, then it immediately flicks from the grid over to your home battery system. Great idea, expensive usually. Uh, some of these work better in colder temperatures than others, but LG, some of these have been catching fire, just spontaneously catching fire. And of course, it's a real problem. Now, the ACCC put out a warning telling people that even if it doesn't say LG, contact the people that have sold you the system to find out if they've put LG batteries inside because they've recalled them. So the ACCC is blasting LG for not actually uh -huh. doing the job of proactively telling people because houses are burning down. Yeah. Yeah. Naughty, naughty. All right. Now, 75% of journalists fear that they could lose their job to AI. Well, this is a report from MediaNet. This is an organisation in Australia that uh, represents journalists, but also they send out press releases. And they're saying that they had a survey of 800 journalists and revealed that nearly 75% of them had not used gen generative AI in their work, but 67% believe the technology could eventually replace aspects of their jobs. Now, we did hear from Dr. Natalia Ilyushina speaking about this a couple of weeks ago, and I spoke to her as well on my show. And she's saying, look, AI is your co-worker, it's your friend, you still need to do all the work. It's it's like a, an intern, a junior assistant. And of course, it's going to get smarter and smarter. And I mean, it is writing better and better. But hang on, hang on, hang on. What happens when the intern knows more than the boss? Well, then, then look, at when that happens, then there's going to be a, an issue where 
you're going to find uh, a lot of artificially intelligent stuff written, articles and books, but that's happening now and people are not satisfied with the quality. So look, obviously it's going to get better, but I think humans are always going to have that extra spark of originality and creativity. This thing's meant to help you uh, erase the drudgery and the boring repetitive tasks. If it starts becoming smarter than us, well, maybe the future where movies show that uh, robots are going to take over the world, maybe that will become true. But for the time being, I think the journalists don't have too much to worry about. Stop using AI, start writing original content and, yeah. uh, you know, live and die by the quality of your work. Don't worry about too much about the quantity, worry about the quality. Yeah, some original work would be suffice. There's so much cutting and pasting going on in journalism yeah, right around the absolutely. world. Absolutely people sitting behind keyboards and not actually going out seeking the story. But anyway, that's a, a discussion for another day. Now, Valentine's Day is coming up very soon. What is it, next Tuesday in Australia? Next Wednesday. Next Wednesday for us. It's seven days from today. And the, the problem is we can talk about it next week, but it's like it'll be too late, guys, You need or girls. You need to be buying stuff sometime this week. So, so what, about tech, what about tech offers here? Have you got any? Yeah, absolutely. Got a whole stack. So Nikon, uh, the camera maker, you know, mirrorless uh, digital SLR cameras. They've got uh, cameras in coral pink, crimson red, and Bordeaux red. So you can see that they're unless you unless your boyfriend likes uh, red, <laughs> it's probably a color for the uh, for the ladies. I mean, that's probably the the photographic equivalent of a red rose. I have one in the background over there. Uh, I'm at my friend's place, and his daughter Balak Jewelry does all this amazing stuff. And I thought I always like to have these incredible backdrops, and here's a different one. But then we've got. Um, Motorola's talking about their phones and they've got the love languages about uh, physical touch, but they're saying, oh, you can use phones for all these personal messages and things. There's Samsung who've got their freestyle projector. They've got their uh, their T9 SSD. You want to have all your memories saved onto a solid state drive or, you know, you might want to have your folding phones, you know, upgrade your, your partner's different devices. They've got, uh, you know, vacuum cleaners. I mean, you don't want to be giving your partner a vacuum cleaner. Let me tell you that straight. But th th they've got, uh, this is one of the different uh, things there. And also those little tags you can have when your keys to help you find things. Those tags from Apple and Samsung and Tile, they're really good because if you're someone who perennially loses stuff, that is yeah. an awesome gift. Very cool. Yeah, then, it's very, you know, we've just put um, a Apple, uh, an Apple, what is it called? Tag? What's the Apple version? AirTag. 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 We've put some AirTags on the kids' school bags. So. Yeah. You know, they have to travel a little further this year to get to school and get back. And so if they do leave their bag behind, it's not like it's across the road or around the block anymore. It's a little bit further. So we've got to know where it is. Yeah. Uh, we've done that. That's handy to do. And on all sorts of other things that uh, tend to have legs, mark them, make sure you can track them. Look, I went to Floriade in Canberra last year and my mum found a pair of uh, reading glasses in a, in a case and she picked it up, put it in her bag. Because, you know, it's millions of people. You've got no idea whose it is. There's no marker on it. And when I got home, I got this message saying, there's an AirTag following you. And so I've, I activated it and I can hear it bleeping. And it, I, it, was, in, it was inside this sunglasses case. And wow. so I, yeah, yeah, hidden in the back. I had to pull the back out. And there's this, so I, I hold my phone to it and it says, look, here's the guy ring. So I rang the guy. He was a student at Canberra University. And I said, well, hey, I've got your case. My mother found it at Florida. He said, oh, thank God, you know, I lost it. I said, well, give me your address, I'll come over. He said, yep. And and I said, well, you've got a story now. The air tag worked. I mean, I returned something. Wow. But but how but what a story. What a coincidental story that the bloke who picked up the glasses happened to be a tech guru like you. <laughs> well, it was my mother that picked it up. I had no idea. I mean, when I, when we got home, I got this message on my phone saying there's an air tag following you. I'm thinking, well, where the hell did this come from? Did somebody put an air tag into my, you know, into my backpack or something? And so you can hit the button and it starts dinging. Bing, 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 bing. Wow. So I'm looking. I went to the bag and I'm. It's, there's this um, sunglasses case and I'm tapping it and 
I'm looking for it, and I realize that inside there's this, you know, molded plastic or whatever, you, and you pull it, and it's stuck it inside. So obviously it wouldn't be on the edge of the yep. case and all that. So look, amazing. And look, um, you've got uh, Samsung's, uh, sorry, Canon's got great stuff. There's great gifts from you know, leather grain, Apple watch bands. I mean, there's this endless amounts of stuff. Use your imagination, look online. Amazon's got plenty of deals. Do something different. Don't give your loved ones home appliances. Do something creative and, and wonderful and, and share the love. All right, or do nothing. Um, Alex Aharoff-Royt, great to have you on the program. We'll be watching on Saturday night. Thank you very much Thank for your you so time much. today. Bye-bye. All right, fantastic. From techadvice.life, the one and only Alex Zaharoff-Royt. I am out of here. Dean Mackin will take you through for the next hour or so. Uh, we'll be back to do it again at the same time tomorrow. Let's do that. This is Chris Smith on TNT. TNT.